Welcome to the Challenging the Way We Age podcast, hosted by the Mavericks of Senior Living, Francis and Catherine, focusing on creativity, ingenuity, and inspiration to educate and inspire changes in the senior experience, breaking the status quo and creating hope for the way we age. We want to thank our title sponsor during Denver Startup Week 2019, iAging. We want to thank our supporters, Assured Assisted Living, Serenity App, Sevens Home Care, Sevens Residential Memory Care, and Workability Co-working Space. Now get ready for the next episode. Good afternoon, you Mavericks. It's Francis Lagasse, your Chief Curiosity Maverick, and I'm here at Workability for the Denver Startup Week, and we have a fantastic guest with us today, Mr. Stephen Yule. Uh, from the Consumer Technology Association Foundation. He is the executive director. Mr. Yule, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here at Denver Startup Week and to have an opportunity to talk to you. That's awesome. What uh, brought you out here from uh, the Virginia area? Sure. Um, Our foundation is a charitable foundation that's affiliated with the Consumer Technology Association. They are a trade association that represents over 2,000 technology companies, Uh, but probably best known for running CES, which is a a little show in Las Vegas every January, (laughs) uh, where we have, uh, you know, technologies from across the spectrum, okay. everything from the largest global brands to a lot of startup companies uh, and everything in between. Our foundation, though, is specifically focused on how does technology help older adults and people with disability. We're now about seven years into the foundation. Wow. Okay. Uh, we're you know continuing to grow the work that we can do, awesome. still scratching the surface of the opportunities. Yeah. but. We see more to come. Now, I think you picked a very good industry that is ripe for disruption. I'm out here at Denver Startup Week because there's so much conversation going on about the aging space and about the technology space that I see this as a great opportunity to engage, learn about what's going on here in the Denver community, and help hopefully help uh, take that uh, to our work across the country. Well, it's fantastic. It's exactly what our mantra is, is challenging the way we age. So I think there's a lot of similarity between what you guys want to do and, and what we believe we need to have discussions on. So I think this is really important to have a discussion about the tech that's out there to help us age, right? So what do you think some of the biggest things that you're seeing right now with respect to technology and the the disabled or the elderly? Sure, there's a number of different, I mean, right now it's such a wide open (laughs) space and there's so much opportunity for innovation because as you know, you know, I won't say we've cracked all the solutions quite yet, but there's a lot of interesting work going on. So some of the projects that we've funded has been everything from pilot projects uh, around smart home technology and looking at video doorbells and lighting systems and the various voice control systems. There's a lot of interesting opportunity there for consumers in the home to use that to age independently in place. It also ties in with some of the caregivers as well. We're also looking at some of those solutions into care uh, communities, where there's opportunities for those sorts of technologies. So Hmm. we're seeing a lot there. We're seeing a lot of interesting work in the hearable space now. Uh, Quite frankly, you know, obviously there's a large percentage of population that has hearing loss. Where are there opportunities for innovation in that space, whether looking at more affordable solutions, Mm -hmm. whether looking at more, you know, comfortable user-friendly solutions, especially for the more mild to moderate uh, end of hearing loss. And I think we're seeing a lot of potential innovation in Hmm. that space uh, coming up in the coming years. But then, quite frankly, we've been involved with everything from a self-driving vehicle. Uh, We crowdsourced uh, ideas for what would an accessible self-driving vehicle 
self-driving vehicle look like? For so you crowdsource that. Can we, you tell a little bit more about kind of what, what, what do you mean by crowdsourcing? So we went out, we partnered with IBM and a, a smaller automotive company called Local Motors. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually 3D print all their vehicles. And so Wait, they had the design. 3D? Wow, okay. It, it, exactly. Giant 3D printer. <laughs> okay. uh, and they had the idea of creating this small uh, passenger bus, essentially, that could be used uh, for older adults. So what we did is we worked with groups like ARP, Front Porch Senior Services, yeah. and met with a number of their communities. We met with a, a number of communities around the country and just asked, okay, if you were to have your ideal experience on a vehicle, you know, what would you be looking for? And you know, wow. what are some of those challenges? So there's some really interesting efforts going on there. That could have profound effect everywhere. I mean, because I know one of the biggest issues for most of our seniors is transportation. Yep. That they might want to leave their home, but they're either concerned, they're scared, or they, they think they need their loved one with them to go out. And that's kind of what we're looking at. A okay. lot of what we're trying to do is looking at that social isolation a- mm-hmm. aspect and mm-hmm. you know whether it is. Yeah, transportation, because obviously getting to the medical appointments is important, and that's yes. a, a major yeah. piece of everything <laughs> yeah. we're going to be doing. Yeah. But quite frankly, I want someone to be able to get out and you know go to the movies, go yes. to dinner. It's all the other pieces of life that just because you're not able to drive anymore shouldn't be limited. Or cost prohibitive, right? Because right now, I mean, Uber is great, but if you're on a fixed income, it, you could think it's expensive or, or Lyft. So Yeah, we see more opportunities for other ways to address this. And whether it is a, a simple you know, commuter bus that goes around a community and essentially oh, takes people from one okay. place to the other, or a, a downtown area uh, to kind of broader uh, transportation. Could that even help with facilities that are struggling staffing? So you kind of reduce that need for a bus driver per se or, or you know a person on that bus potentially it, you know there may be some opportunities uh, I, to do that and that's you know that's one of the things that it's interesting as we've looked at all the various solutions mm-hmm. uh, whether it is you know the smart home sensors mm-hmm. uh, in, in group facilities or these transportation solutions when I talk to communities and I'm always like oh are you gonna you know suddenly have to like you know give up a number of your staff members because you're going to have these technologies? The answer is always no. They no. have a hard enough time right. just finding yes. staff. So, yeah. you know, it, it is all about trying to augment the staff that they have, Correct. grow, you know, prevent burnout. Yeah. And so, you know, we see some real opportunities just to, to help with the staffing that's available there. Yeah, and I think that's really important is that distresses. I don't think anybody's trying to replace people. They're trying to augment and supplement and give them more tools to be successful, right? It's it's not this idea that we're going to get rid of people. It's this idea that we want them to be able to do their job better and maybe not have those caregivers that just say, I'm done. Like, and, and you're right. You know, technology is a tool. And I'm speaking as a major tech geek who loves <laughs> okay. technology. Yeah. Uh, but technology is the tool. It's right. not going to replace that caregiver, yeah. but it's something that can help them whether it is a family caregiver, mm-hmm. whether it is a professional caregiver, you know, it, it, you know, there's just not enough caregivers mm-hmm. for, especially as the demographics continue, the trend that they're going towards. Mm-hmm. So we really see how can we best help in this space. What do you think is the biggest challenge? Do you think it's, I mean, is it a financial challenge? Is it a, our comfort with technology as we age? Just you know. It, Comfort with technology always comes up, and and it is an issue. Um, But uh, one of the first meetings I had when I started this job, I was out 
you know, I think I was in California, but I was somewhere where I was meeting with a group of older adults, and, okay. and one of them came up to me and he's like, I just want you to remember one thing. <laughs> oh boy. I, I built all the technology that all of today's technology is based on, so I know what I'm doing with technology. So you always just have to understand that you know there, there's extremes through every population. It's hard to really say you know this one trend represents a larger population. So there's you know I've had the opportunity to meet you know hundred plus year olds who are early adopters of technology, hmm. and I've quite frankly I've met some twenty thirty somethings who yeah. are not. Uh, adopters I, yes. of technology. Yes. But certainly we have to be aware of the trends. A lot of the, the programs we funded are around you know, techno technology education programs. So say you have a, a skill uh, and you know, you're, you're interested in just you know, bringing in a little bit of extra income in your retirement. Uh, one of the programs we supported is called Older Adults Technology Services and they run the Senior Planet Centers. Oh yeah, They're Senior Planet. One yep. that's okay. just about to end, yep. uh, open, uh, open here in Denver. Denver yes. uh, but working with the one in New York, they've had they had one participant who recently just paid for her entire family to take a cruise based on her greeting card business that she built out of Senior Planet. Um, wow. So you know, looking at how can technology enable those sorts of opportunities as well. You know, that's why I'm. It's really hard to say. You know, okay, here is the one thing technology can do because right. there's quite frankly a lot of opportunities. Well, it almost sounds too, especially with that young woman you're just mentioning. She made her second career or her third career even, right? Just because she was empowered. So I mean it's almost like you're giving a large group the ability to do more that obviously want to do more. They just might not have the resources or know where to go. So it's almost like you're spreading a positive message of, hey, just because you're in your sixties or seventies, that doesn't mean you can't reinvent X, Y, or Z. Yep. And in fact, I think, and of course, I should never quote a stat on a podcast <laughs> without having it in front of me, yeah. but I believe the most successful entrepreneurs are 45 plus oh, when you look at and it. And I think so. we're seeing the growing trend of women over 50 doing yep. their, being very successful you know, as entrepreneurs now. Absolutely. Um, so I would, this is going to be interesting then that, so you're, ba I mean, basically this tech is not just going to, it's going to have a ripple effect. It, it can impact all areas of people's lives. So certainly, we're looking at you know health and right. you know healthcare. Mm -hmm. You know how can we you know be well, be nutritious, be you know active, those sorts of activities, and that is always going to be a major part of the of course, conversation. Yeah. But you know where can we go beyond that? And yeah, it, it's work, it's fun, it's you know transportation, it is you know doing things with your family. So really looking at where those opportunities are across the spectrum mm -hmm. and. Whether it is uh, you know fairly existing tech, you know things that you can do through your television, things that mm. you can do through uh, various other uh, you know home-based technologies right. okay. to you know the wearable types of technologies right. okay. and getting into those spaces. What do you think? Where's the biggest opportunity? I mean, or is it almost too hard to define that? There are opportunities across the spectrum here. Okay. So, you know, I do think that there's a lot of opportunity around caregiving. So how do we both take care of older adults, but also take care of the caregivers, get them the information that they need mm -hmm. to do that caregiving, but also look at it from a privacy perspective of where are the opportunities? How can we get the information we need, but also make sure people don't feel like they're on a reality TV show 24-7? Also looking at other types of innovations, 
you know, I'm really interested in various, uh, you know, communication type technologies. I would love, yes. So, you know, one of the things, you know, obviously we're tied to a big trade show and, uh-huh. you know, we have people from all over the world coming there. Yeah trying to communicate. There's a lot of noise as people are walking around. We have captions in all the sessions. So, you know, if someone can't hear the speaker, they can kind of read what's going Mm on uh, through the cart captioning. I would love to see more innovation in the space that is doing that captioning. And there are some companies that are doing some interesting work in this space. And then I've seen some of them that take it a step farther and start to build in translation solutions into that. So all of a sudden, when you're traveling the world and, you know, you could suddenly communicate with the person at the front desk or in the the restaurant ask directions and be able to do it in uh, a fairly efficient manner uh, I see some really interesting opportunities there well going off of that then would you I'm gonna get a little geeky would you be kind of more pro or against like a Google Glass type technology you know stuff like that where you might be able to you know scroll the text on your eyeglasses. What are your thoughts on something like that? <laughs> it, it's interesting. Uh, the Google Glass has definitely got a, a bit of a reputation. They do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But actually, I see some interesting opportunities in that okay. space, especially as we're working with people with you know cognitive decline or uh, yeah, okay. dementia. Right. You know, if you were able to fairly seamlessly, especially if they were built into glasses that aren't as conspicuous and could be you know, okay. look more mm-hmm. like uh, natural glasses that people would wear, right. but maybe provide that little prompt of you know okay here is what your you know your to-do list is today here's what we're trying to do or you know this is maybe a little further out uh, but something I would love to do because I go to all these conferences of oh that person standing in front of you the last time you met them was at whatever conference that would be now there's certainly privacy concerns and that's one of the challenges (laughs) there of you know (laughs) of knowing and uh, of who's in the room with you and everything but you know that little extra Especially when you talk to you know someone who has dementia, if it could uh, prime them of the first know, name, oh, that think. is you know so and so. Here's their connection to you. Just those little basic things. I could see some really exciting uh, augmented reality. I actually get really excited about. Yeah, I, I do as well. What are your thoughts on? Um we're seeing bigger trend with virtual reality, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the residents and seniors that are unable to leave their home, you're seeing more companies that want to build this VR system that they can wear that can enable them to have, let's say, see Paris for the first time or see Rome or travel the world basically from the comfort of their own home. What are your thoughts on, on some of that you know, VR technology or augmented reality, depending on how you want to kind of classify the two? Yeah, I think there's some interesting opportunities there with virtual reality. I mean, I know a number of people who, just have gone on like Google Maps or Google oh, yeah. Earth to look at, oh, that's my old neighborhood and right. what it looks like. So, you know, you take that kind of the next step and if you're able to kind of immerse yourself in those sorts of communities, um, it, it's an interesting opportunity. It's also an interesting opportunity to see things that you might not see otherwise. Right. I mean, we've seen some of these telepresence robotics that yep. will go around museums and people can essentially tour a museum even if they can't get there personally. Right. So, it does open the door. Uh, now, there are certainly challenges uh, with some of the big headsets of especially you know we've talked to some organizations where they are working with people with dementia and they say oh we're gonna throw this large headset on someone and you know you really have to think through how are you deploying that technology how are you making sure someone is comfortable with those sorts of technologies Mm -hmm. so the opportunity is there but 
there's still some work I've seen to be done. Yeah, no, that's exciting because I, I my big one that we talked touched on this earlier is, is that isolation. You keep yeah. hearing it more and more about seniors, whether they're living in a facility or they're living at home by themselves. It's a self isolation. They're just they don't know how to either get out of their house or their family lives out of state. That you know, is that a big is that an issue that you think technology can help tackle? Oh, I absolutely think technology can help tackle that. Now what the the right solution is, there's degrees to how it can address social isolation. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, getting everyone connected on a, a social media uh, app, mm -hmm. you know, that's a, a level of connection, but it's not necessarily taking everyone as far as I think there's opportunities. Hmm. And that's, um, we look at kind of the, the spectrum. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's those basic levels of connection. One of the things we've actually funded some projects around our virtual senior centers. So oh. for people, uh, in fact, we did one uh, with a group in New York called Self-Help Community Services. They worked with uh, low-income homebound seniors. So essentially people okay, yeah. who could not get out of their apartments. Uh, but what they created was Quite frankly, it wasn't the highest tech. It was an all-in-one touchscreen computer still cool, that though. they, you know, set up. Essentially, it had classes that they offered throughout the day uh, using essentially their version of Skype uh, or, huh. or Google Hangouts, okay. and you would get all these people engaged. And it was amazing to see actually health outcomes that came out of this from you know oh. someone who was just sitting in their apartment socially isolated not engaged at all except when maybe meals on wheels stopped by okay. um, to suddenly you know getting dressed up so they can get on camera and you know do a singing class with uh, so you friend. almost saw behavioral change there. so we saw behavioral change and we're now working with another organization do uh, they call themselves the virtual senior academy okay. uh, based out of the jewish uh, Healthcare foundation okay. in uh, pittsburgh okay. and they're kind of trying to take that to the the next scale so there's huh. some interesting opportunities there to address uh, address social isolation and then when you take it into more you know communities uh there's you know technologies like it's never too late right. and others like those that have been doing it more in a group setting right, so right. getting people around uh, and, and participating so I do see some interesting That's opportunities cool. here do you think uh, what are your thoughts on kind of this tele telehealth or telemedicine and how do you think that can help with some of our seniors that are almost a little hesitant to go to the doctors at times yeah I think it certainly can address some of that hesitancy part of the other issue you run into is you know many of the older adults in this country are aging in rural communities correct and right. So they may not have the doctor's appointment that is an easy uh, uh, public transportation trip okay. right down the road, right. or if they're required, or, or if they're working with kind of the uh, paratransit or something. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a various challenges with yes. the windows and everything yep, for yeah. those. So, you know, otherwise they're basically requiring their their friends or family to you know be involved, be able to mm -hmm. take them to appointments and other activities like that. So, I do think that there's some some great opportunities with telehealth. Now, the the issue in the real rural communities, how do we address the the needs uh, for people where broadband and cell coverage may be still uh, weak? Right. Um, you know, it, it's getting better every day, but there are still challenges there. There. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that needs to be addressed. But there, there's some great opportunities to get people tied in, and we can also get people to the expertise they need. So, you know, say even point. someone who lives, you know, here in Denver, if they have a, a specialist they need who maybe is in Miami, uh, rather than having to fly to Miami. If they're able to meet with a, a general practitioner here who can then tie them into to that specialist, specialist, I see some real interesting opportunities. That's very there. cool. Thanks for listening. The Mavericks want to hear from you. 
Visit us on Facebook and Instagram at Mavericks of Senior Living or MavericksofSeniorLiving.com and leave us your comments, questions, and ideas for future podcasts.